You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging, but it's the 21st century. Financial freedom is no longer just for the 1% wealthy. It's for you and me, busy moms and dads living their best life. The big question is this, how do we create time, avoid making painful mistakes, set examples for our children and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? This podcast will give you the answers. Join me on my journey helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity, get actionable tips, and learn from the best guest experts. It is now the time you start living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shogunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Parent Podcast. In terms of what we're going to cover this afternoon, we are going to start with um, talking about goals and specifically what a SMART goal would be. And then we're going to also talk about um, small changes in terms of how do we make those things happen? How do we accomplish our goals for 2024? Have we even set any goals for 2024? Um, And then we're also going to talk about once we implement some of these changes, what that means in terms of keeping up Um, with the changes. So the power of consistency and sticking to the plan that we've created, sticking to um, the things that are going to help us actually accomplish our goals. And specifically what I'm talking about is our financial goals. So I think that's why most of you are here. Um, Goals can apply to all realms of life, but specifically we're going to be talking about our financial goals for 2024. And then we're also going to talk about how to change. So a lot of the practical side of things as well. So big picture, setting goals and what are... um, how to set healthy and realistic goals, and then also how to accomplish them um, throughout the year and, and years to come. So that's kind of the where we're going uh, this afternoon. With all that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get started. So in terms of, I love, first of all, I love the beginning of the year. So I love goal setting. I think it is so fun and exciting. However, sometimes I don't actually nail down what my goals are. I have them in my head and I don't ever really settle on what I want to accomplish for the year. Um, And so I thought this was great for giving a framework for how to think through financial goals specifically. And the acronym we're going to use today is setting SMART goals. And what that means is we want them to be specific. We want them to be measurable. We want them to be achievable, relevant, and time-based. So what I'm going to give an example here in just a second, but what This means is specific. We don't want to just say, I want to save more. Um, We have to set numbers to that or set some kind of um, more specific goal. So, and then not only do we want to not say, I want to save more, we want it to be something we can measure. We can look back in December and say, did I accomplish this goal? Is there any way of measuring it, whether it's a dollar amount or a percentage or uh, check yes or no that I did or didn't do this? and then also we want it to be achievable. We we want to shoot for the stars, but we also don't want to set ourselves up for failure. We want to think through based on our budget and our life stage, are these goals that I'm setting for myself this year achievable? And then relevant to your life stage, where you are in terms of your career, whether you're mid-career and trying to save, or if you're retiring this year, which you know I know I have a client that's attending this webinar that's retiring this year. And so that can be relevant. All of all of your goals may be um, brand new and changing because of the life stage that you're about to enter into. 
And then lastly, we want them to be time-based. We don't want them to just be, um, uh, we don't want them to have any, we have to be able to measure how long it will actually take us to accomplish it. So even though we may be measuring something for this year, um, it may be a goal that we may not accomplish fully in this entire year. It may be over years of time, but we have to have it uh, tied down to some sort of time frame so that we can look back and say, okay, I checked off this box for 2024. So, uh, and like I said, I have an example here. And of course, you know, this is um, a pretty basic one. I think it's when we we see a lot here at Main Street, it's people wanting to pay off debt. I want to pay down my debt. Um, but a better example of a smart goal for paying off debt would be we want to be specific about the debt. So we want to say, I want to pay off this student loan. This specific loan is what I want to focus on, or this credit card loan is what I want to focus on. And then after you've kind of identified what the specific goal is, then we want to set some measurements for that goal. So what is the target amount that you can pay off? For example, do we want to reduce the debt completely or do we want to pay off uh, a chunk of it this year, 50% or $5,000? What is an amount that we can look back and, and say we, we checked the box, we measured the goal and we can see that we actually did pay off 50% or this amount of money? And then looking towards whether that's achievable or not. Once you have a budget, if you don't already have one, the beginning of the year is a great time to set up a budget um, and look at how to determine if you have extra money that can go towards that. So how can you allocate paying down this debt within the budget that is that you are working with um, without going, without straining yourself or um you know, not eating rice and beans the whole year, which, you know, that would be, maybe you like rice and beans, but that would be a, that would be a tough 2024 if that was all you ate. So, um, and then relevant, we want to make sure we're going to prioritize uh, debts that are high interest over those with, you know, uh, those that have lower interest or more flexibility. So a lot of credit card debts are known for having really high interest rates that can feel suffocating sometimes. So we want to make sure we're prioritizing paying off those um, debts first and then setting a deadline for yourself. So whether it's, you know, by June, I want to have paid off 25%. So you can get to the middle of the year and look back and say, okay, I'm on track to pay off 50% or $5,000, whatever the number is by December. So you have some way of measuring throughout the year. So those are, that's kind of a, a starting point in terms of setting goals and, um, setting specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, time-bound goals. So I like the acronym. I think it helps me remember, too, um, when I'm trying to set goals that um, I, ha I have the, all of these things in mind when I'm doing them. So, um, And then I think next, Anna is going to chat a little bit about making small changes. Thanks, Catherine. We know that we need to work on setting financial goals. If we haven't created a financial plan for you yet here at Main Street, that's not a problem. Happy to do that. But as part of the financial plans and for those clients who have been with us for, for, for a while, you know how we start. That's the big focus is we focus on what your goals and what are you trying to accomplish. Now, that's like looking at everything 360 degree going down, right? We want to focus on what are some of the small things that we're going to do every day to make ourselves better. Now, for some of you who may be reading financial publications and listening to blogs or podcasts. Dave Ramsey is 
popular out there. Not my favorite, but he's got some good stuff that uh, maybe perhaps you can listen to. And one of, the, one of the frameworks that he uses is called Baby Steps. And I'm not going to go into it because I don't remember all of them specifically, but like that's one thing that comes to mind is that if we want to make a change, and especially if it's a big change, how do we sort of break it down into digestible small steps? When we look at and through this lens at our finances, it goes something like this. And if we had 12 months, which we still do in 2024, it's very early in January, how can we break this big gigantic plan or this huge list of things like you've decided to do better with your finances into more digestible steps. So I'm giving you examples on the left-hand side of things that you can actually specifically write down as your goals, right? And we, we get even more specific because we attach a number to it in terms of a you know dollar amount and then a date. But here I kind of want to give you a framework that could help you set you know, you can use a calendar or however you want to do it, but it can set you up for um, for a plan here. So I would focus on this big, gigantic plan, 12 months, right? This is what we're going to accomplish. Narrow it down to quarter. So as I think of this in the next quarter, what can, can I accomplish individually as a family um, or as a family unit? And then what can I do monthly? So I give you a very simple plan, right? Like this is just thinking out loud. Now, one thing that actually really truly happens for us here at Main Street with clients is that um, we, when we work with our clients on an ongoing basis, we actually go through this very similarly with them, um, you know, on, not on a quarterly basis, but every six months that we meet them and we tackle these. So for example, if you had to think, I just want you to take away one thing right now. If you had to think about what are you going to do in the next quarter, like January, February, and March? And it's because we're still very interested in this, like getting, you know, a fresh start. It's the new year. How about we look at your financial goals? How about that that's one thing you actually do in January? Nothing else. Don't worry about all the, the, the mountain of things that you need to focus. But that's one one thing that you're going to focus and you're really going to get it down. Then in February, we're going to start to think about how can we increase our savings? Now, that's very vague, right? I, I want you to get specific. How can you increase your savings by 1% or 2% or 10%? Like get really specific with your numbers. And then at the same time, right, obviously, in order for you to do that, you need to know what's the bottom line and how, you know, all the finances work. So maybe perhaps you can tackle a reviewing of the budget. So trying to group these tasks together and working on one small thing gives you this flexibility. And guess what? When we're talking to you again here in December and, and kind of closing the year and doing a review, all these things that you put on a list you had the time to do it because it didn't feel like this huge mountain that you wanted to tackle. So I hope you can adapt our sample plan of how some of these things can be done, but think small steps because everybody gets busy, life is busy, and we also want to have fun aside from being stressed out about all this stuff that we need to do. So take one small step every day and you'll see how far you're going to get just in the short 12 months. Next slide, please. Vida? Okay, um, so it's my turn. Um, how to change. This is something, I don't know, you're here because you're all lifelong learners as well, just like me. And you're always looking for ways to, you know, just improve yourself, improve life. And, um, you know, especially uh, today when we're, when we're focusing here on your financial goals, 
Um, I wanted to share, I've been doing a lot of reading um, on this, um, primarily because I'm in a book club and we chose to do a self-help book, but I also just kind of got really intrigued and I followed this path and started really um, honing in on habits and how to change. And, and, you know, is it me? Is it my system? What is it? What makes it so hard um, to make changes in life? Um, I know this is, this is a quote um, uh, by Leo Tolstoy, true life is lived when small changes occur, right? This is what Anna was just talking about. We're not talking about trying to just like revamp everything here all at once. It's making little tiny changes. And, you know, if you keep at it, if you make a commitment to making those changes over your life, you know, you will, you will, you will see a lot. I, I, I also use this um, quote a lot. Uh, it's called little by little, a little becomes a lot. Um, so that's what we're going for here. Next slide, Catherine. Okay, so um, how to change? Well, we have human nature in the way, right? Like we all are just who we are, our, our baggage from our past, our bad, you know, our, our things like procrastination and laziness. I mean, these are all things that we all experience and we constantly have to fight, right? And so how to change is really, I, this is a quote actually by James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits, is that the problem is not you, it's your system. And that's what we're going to, you know, talk about today. So good habits need good techniques. Um, and I'm going to give you some 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 of the ones that I took away from the reading that I did, and we'll talk about them. Um, but also, it's it's this is a lifelong thing, right? Like we talked about human nature, like these your your laziness, your procrastination, all of that is going to keep circling back in your life. Like you get on a path, and you maybe make some progress, and then you'll you'll retreat back. So it is finding what works for you. And then making a commitment to do it for your life, like permanently, right? Like you have to keep working on this, on these things. So one, uh, one of the takeaways from the reading that I did was cue-based plans, right? And one of the biggest reasons for us uh, in, in failing to make change or, or, or not making the progress that we would love to see is that we forget. We don't follow through, right? We we just, we have these things that happen that make us forget, right? So it is about using tools to help you not get in that position. And using a calendar is something that is a cue-based plan, right? Like putting things, reminders to yourself, notifications, reminding you of things. Also like, creating little rules for yourself. And, and so like an example of this with financial goals is thinking about whenever I get a, like an example, you get a raise at work, right? At the end of the year, you get a raise and you create a rule in your mind that whenever you get a raise, you're going to go increase your monthly retirement savings contribution that you do. So it becomes like this just, you don't even have to think about it, right? Because you know you have that rule in your mind. When I get a raise, I go raise my retirement contribution. So I love cue-based plans. Um, fresh starts. 
okay, like New Year's resolutions happen because, and, and it's true, like a fresh start is truly a, a wonderful time to start something new in your life. So the beginning of a year, like now making a New Year's resolution, getting motivated to, to implement a change now you're more receptive to it. You're, it's it's like it's like a fresh start in life. And so trying to incorporate something new in your life at this point can make you more successful. And it doesn't just have to be like a new year. It could be something, you know, like a birthday or an anniversary or like a new season, anything um, that is kind of a different um, fresh start can help you be more successful. So using that as leverage as when you're going to start something new can can just increase your success. Temptation bundling. I love this technique, right? It's like doing something that you really love doing with something that you really don't love doing. <laughs> and we all have that, right? Like we're sitting here talking about finances because we're all CFPs and we love talking to you about your finances. But not everybody does, right? Like not everybody loves focusing or talking or working on their finances. So one example of temptation bundling is doing a guilty pleasure while pursuing something that you don't want to do, right? So what if you eat gelato every time you have your money date? right? Like you're not having a money date every day. I don't know, maybe your money dates once a week or once a month. And that you make that money date fun by doing something, you know, that, that, that you like doing and combining it with something that maybe is a little more painful, right? I think um, temptation bundling can be a really great way um, to, to kind of change your mindset about things, right? Like now, oh, that dreaded money date. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. I get to go eat gelato or have a glass of wine or go out to a nice dinner. Whatever it is that you associate with, you know, the thing you don't love doing, um, this can be this can be a really great motivator and really change your mindset about, about a habit. Um, and lastly is piggybacking habits, okay? So uh, this is wonderful because we kind of do things in life that, that we just have developed as habits, right? And so pairing something new with something that you're already doing can really um, also, uh, you know, kind of impact your success for changing your habit. So using an example in finances, like, let's say, you know, you get paid every two weeks and I don't know, either you have to deposit a check or maybe you get a remote deposit and you go make sure that it hit or whatever. Well, you do that already, right? So then what if right at that moment, at the same time that you're doing that old habit of, of checking that you got paid and, and or depositing your check, that now you make the next step that you automatically transfer 200 bucks or 500 bucks to your emergency fund, right? Like as soon as that happens, you go do that thing um, that's going to help you make your new habit that you're like, if you're looking to save more money, right? Like now you've paired a new habit with an old habit. 
So that can be uh, really great at increasing your success with changing habits. I just want to share another one. So I, I, um, I actually had read Atomic Habits, like, I don't know, when it first came out, which was some time ago, and I'm rereading it. And I, it, it reminded me of one of the things that I took away from that book many, many years ago. And it is about creating a vision of yourself, right? Like sometimes we don't know how to get started with what do we need to do to, to change ourselves, right? Like what are the steps? You, maybe you, you're struggling with where to begin there. We'll start with the end in mind first, right? Like who are you? What's that vision of who you want to become? And then work backwards to create the steps of how do you get there? So example, I want to be a financially independent person where I want to be able to make any decision in life that I want to, right? Okay, what is what is required to become that financially independent person? Wow, you need savings, right? Like you have to have savings in order to be able to, you know, make any decision you want to. Okay, well, if I need savings, how do I get savings? Oh, I need to create a budget so that I know how much, uh, how much I can allocate to my savings and I can be successful at savings. So et cetera, et cetera. You know, there's there's more steps maybe that follow. But I I think that. I love that, like creating a vision of yourself, of who you want to be and figuring out the steps that it's going to take to get you there can be really, really powerful. I love that, Vita. I think the, I love the, I don't know if we're, we should have made a question to vote on which one of these would be our favorite to do. Cause I, I think that when you said gelato, I immediately went to, I want to do some kind of temptation bundling within this year of, I don't know what the thing is yet that I want to do, but I can, I can think of the guilty pleasure that yeah. I would pay with. So I love that. That's, and it's actually, it's so practical too, in terms of what, what will work in bundling habits or piggyback habits that make things feel uh, more realistic. So I love all of those things. And I want to read that book. So we will include, um, I think it's listed in the slides on the, in, within the picture, but we can include in the, um, when we send the recording who the author is of that book. So, um, yeah, I know there's a question in the Q and a about the book. So it's called atomic habits and it, the author is James clear but we will put it in, in the show notes too. In the show notes. Yes. Great. <laughs> there will be show notes. Yeah. Yes. We will be sending you slides for sure. I, um, I want to take over this one um, just because in Vita, thank you so much for kind of like, uh, you know, segueing into this. Um, one thing that we do find and see often uh, that our clients get confused on is how do you sort of distinguish between values and goals? And um, for your reference right here at the bottom of the slide, we're going to have a link to a, a workbook that's going to help you work through setting your goals. But before you tackle your goals, it is really um, beneficial if you would sit down and look and think about um, your values because the values is what really drives the ideas, right? That's what really, it's kind of like the fuel. So like if the goal is the car, the value would be like that fuel, right? The gas or the the the, the electric, if you have an elect, uh, interest in electric cars. So because that's going to help you 
really get clear of what it is you want because the one of the reasons uh, people don't have specific goals is because they're not clear on what is important to them. And so if you believe that money is a tool, which I actually do, and it is used to help you achieve your goals. So what is that underlining value or believe you have? Um, so a very simple one. I don't 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 get you know uh, freaked out in the moment because um, I know you want to think about your goals, but maybe come up with three. We, when we were prepping for this uh, presentation earlier, Vita actually shared that she has three values, and maybe she can. I'm just reiterating what I heard her said. I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect for what we're going to be talking about. But it's sort of like. Um, what's a good word? It's sort of like a, a filter that you use in order to make decisions, but it also is a filter that helps you identify and get clarity of what your goals actually can be. So I gave you some examples of what values what values you can pick for yourself and choose. I'm sure there's other words that you can select from, but this little chart here is is one that I think would be helpful. So sort of put your name in the middle and then come up with five or start with three that are really important to you. Then once you had the time to think on it, let it sit, let it just kind of like be with you, then start to look with that lens at what your goals are. Even if it's just as simple as I need to save more, it's fine. That's a great goal, right? Don't we all need to do that? <laughs> Unless we're retiring. But when you have this other, like with this other lens on, it helps you make a, just a deeper connection to these goals. So Vita, do you want to share how you how you do your three values? Yes. Yeah, I, I'd love to. So um, my basic uh, and and the three that I have is travel, education, and hobbies. So when I am out in the world and, um, you know, I'm being tempted by, by things, um, you know, that I might want to buy or spend money on, I always check in with these three things. Is it, is it getting me closer to, to more travel? Is this thing educating me? Is this thing related to any of the hobbies that I love to do? And it helps me to then go, okay, I, I it does like if the answer is no to all of those, right? Then I go, I don't want this thing. I, I don't want it. I'm not buying it because I much rather take that money and spend it on those three things that that I outlined. So for me, it's very, very helpful because let's face it, you cannot, you know, nobody can spend pedal to the metal in every category of their lives, right? Like you just can't, right? And so I can, it gives me happiness then to sacrifice in other areas of my life. If I, you know, can, can be sure that these three things, travel, education, and hobbies, I, I can, I can, you know, spend with abundance there. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. It made me when when Vito was sharing this earlier, it made me want to think through what are mine because I'm sure like I have them that are, you know, somewhere in there but I haven't actually solidified what they are. Like I think if I had to break it down into three main things, uh if I sat down and think about it, I think I could probably figure out what those three values are and how it would really help me and and my husband to think through 
our goals in light of what our values are. So I love, I love that. I'm learning just as much as, as everyone else is learning here. So yeah, it's um, funny. It's funny too, because I mean, everybody has the values in place. It's just most of us really never think deeply enough about them or even creating some kind of a system. But one of the things that you could do sort of working in backwards is take a look at where you are spending your money mm-hmm. and, and then ask yourself a question. Is that really aligning with what I deeply believe you know, I want or we want as a family. So like there could be a disconnect there. That's not the topic for today's discussion, but it could be a starting point. If you're like, I have no idea. Like I never really thought about it. Um, But it could be a good, you know, wake up call because like one of the things, like I want to mention this, I don't know why it's on my mind right this moment, but one of the things that I hear all the time from clients is that, especially when we sit down to do a spending plan and we kind of go down, I look at all of the numbers and one comment that comes up all the time is like, oh my gosh, we spend too much money on eating out or too much money on groceries. And I'm like, for the longest time, like, why is that a thing for most people? Like, and when I ask clients back, like, well, what do you think that is? I could, I could never get an answer, right? That's, that, that really makes sense. It's just a feeling that we all have, right? But what if you thought about and say, well, we really value the time together so that we don't have to cook. That why that that is why we would spend a little bit more money on eating out because then we don't have to worry about all that other stuff, the 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 prep and the groceries and things like that. So it's like sometimes we just don't deeply think through about this stuff. So we were just excited to share with you one of the tools that you can utilize alongside with thinking about your financial goals. Because we don't want you to have goals just because somebody said you have to have a goals or a financial planner at Main Street said, oh, we can't do a financial plan because you don't have goals. No, it's really not that. It's, It's more, how do we get you excited about doing this stuff? Hey there, Money Boss Parent, giving you a virtual high five because you just wrapped up another awesome episode of the Money Boss Parent Podcast. If you're craving more insights, hop over to moneybossparentpodcast.com. You'll find there detailed show notes from today's episode and even some sweet deals from our guests and partners. And if you're eager to connect with other super cool moms and dads who are just like you, who are navigating the world of money and parenting, come join our exclusive Facebook community for Money Boss Parents. The link is waiting for you at moneybossparentpodcast.com. Disclaimer. The opinions expressed on this show are for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individuals. To determine which investments or solutions may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax professional for more specific advice.